Good morning, everyone watching live on BAM YouTube. Let me know in the comments where you are tuning in from. The hot sheet covers what you need to know about the real estate industry in a 24-hour time period. On today's hot sheet, I will discuss housing inventory, which U.S. cities have the most and least amounts of inventory, and why Wall Street is eyeing home buy, uh, builder stocks. Today is Monday, June 12, 2023. I am Byron Lazine, and the hot sheet starts now. Welcome back to the only housing show that goes live every single day that the markets are open on the internet. This is the hot sheet. Hit the thumbs up and let's get right into our normal Monday morning routine where we update the macro outlook on housing inventory. Housing inventory has been a struggle all year in 2023 thus far. New listings are trending towards the all-time low ever record, recorded, and buyers continue to fight over properties in affordable price ranges. We've been seeing drops in inventory at a time period where you normally see inventory increase. Well, active inventory did increase 6,722 for the week in the country, but Logan Motoshami, who reported this along with Alto's research from Housing Wire, had anticipated much more this week after the holiday week slowed down. So this is a an increase, but a bit disappointing in his words, okay? Weekly housing inventory grew from 436,284 to 443,006 active listings. Active listings, as reported by Altos, is different than reported by NAR. NAR includes National Association of Realtors, they include the properties that are under contract, that are in escrow, that are pending between a buyer and a seller in that number. So theirs is just over a million. This number is more reflective of what is available to a buyer on the market. And that number sits at just over 443,000. For context, active listings in 2015 were 1,182,681. So almost 1.2 million versus just shy of 450,000. It's almost two thirds less active inventory. What's available that a buyer can see on RDC, on Z, on Redfin, wherever they're looking? What's available for them in their market to purchase? When we look at the country, that number is almost two thirds lower than 2015. The same week last year, inventory rose from 368,000 and change to 392, almost 393,000. So you can see last year, same week, a much more significant increase in inventory. And that inventory gap between last year, because we know last year was the all-time low for inventory. That inventory gap between last year and this year is starting to shrink, especially that week over week gap as we catch up over the next four weeks you may see uh, 2023 touch 2020. That wouldn't be a good thing, by the way, because 2022 was so low. The inventory bottom for uh, 2022 was 240,000. The peak so far this year is 472,000. There's a spread from bottom last year, an all-time low, and to peak this year, which we are still trending in an all-time, a uh, near all-time low scenario for active inventory. You can see here inventory, and this is the spread 
that I'm talking about. Uh, we're getting very close to touching uh, 2022's inventory number as we move into traditionally, you know, a season where inventory starts to collect uh, at a little bit greater scale. We didn't see that last week, uh, but certainly uh, we're, we're getting pretty close to those two numbers touching. Of course, in uh, this time period last year, you can see kind of where we were. Um, not nearly the gap that we saw here during the spring from 2022 when we basically had non-existent inventory February, March, and April uh, in comparison to this year, but still um, really low inventory looking back all the way to 2012, of course. New listings is well below 2022 and 2021. And I guess, again, this year for new listings, unless we get something in the second half, that we're not expecting new listings is trending at the all time low ever recorded. And uh, we did get a pop here in uh, new listings this week off of last week. Uh, new listings for last week were 63,583. Of course, this time last year it was 86,000. In 2021, it was 79,000. So still trending towards all time low, but. Uh, starting to hopefully see some signs, and that's what that's what helped out the most with this active inventory number was the new listing number. I'd love to know in your market, are you seeing new listings go up? Uh, are you continuing to be flat? Where are you at with new listings? Are you starting to see more inventory come on to your market? Let's look at a few markets here. The 10 listings with the most and least amount of housing inventory on nowbam.com. Okay, let's take a look at what they are. The 10 metros where inventory has increased the most would be Sarasota at 128,000, uh, 128, I'm sorry, percent up. Nashville, Tennessee, 124%. Austin's at 112%. New Orleans and Tulsa round out the top five. Raleigh, um, Wichita, Kansas, Las Vegas, Greenville, and Omaha make out the top 10 there for uh, metros, the 10 metros where inventory has increased the most. These are according to realtor.com. We'll put these charts down below. You can see here on the map, the 10 metros where uh, homes for sales rising the most, pretty strong grouping in, in that, you know, Southeast to, you know, middle of the country that there's, uh, it's kind of where all the inventory uh, major metros are increasing there. And then where the number of homes for sale is falling the most is, is uh, three in the West and then the rest mostly North and Northeast. Okay. San Jose comes in at number one with a number of sales, a uh, number of homes for sale. Rather inventory is falling the most Hartford, Connecticut at number two, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, number three, Dayton, Ohio, and Chicago, Illinois make out the top five. Then you've got DC Bakersfield, Albany, Allentown, Pennsylvania, and Seattle are in the top 10. So for number uh, for where number of homes for sale is falling the most, I can't see that comment, Bobby, if that's what you're trying to show me. I'd love to see it. Love to. Uh, I got this this late in the way. So, so pretty, slow in pretty slow in Cleveland. Got it. Um, and Cleveland didn't make either of the top 10, right? No, no Cleveland in the top 10. So uh, where would you say that you are? Do you, do you, are you leaning more towards number of homes for sale rising or uh, are you still decreasing for 
number of homes for sale. Which would you be in, the rising or the decreasing category in your market? And which market are you from? Of course, these charts and all of our source uh, links can be found below in the daily download. Just below, just click it once and you'll get those sent directly to your inbox. Okay. Inventory is uh, impacted because of the lack of building over the last number of years. According, according to Deutsche Bank, the U.S. housing market is still underbuilt. It got worse during the pandemic as household form formations boomed for ab above completions, far above completions, rather. Deutsche Bank say they've gone from cautiously optimistic to decisively bullish on new residential construction. Okay, more on that and what they mean. Demand and volume. This is a report from Deutsche Bank last week. If nothing else, the underbuilt narrative is likely directionally correct. Unlike the prior four housing cycles since 1970, the data suggests that we have failed in the post-great financial cycle to complete enough homes to satisfy net household formations. This coupled with a views around how many households went unformed in the 2010s contribute to estimates of how many homes we have underbuilt demand. Aside from the obvious issue that the number ranges from less than 2 million to over 7 million, depending on who you ask, you've heard this wide range over and over again, this number ought to do little more than give us comfort that the risk to demand is skewed to the upside particularly given geographic and quality mismatches between demand and the current housing stock. We acknowledge that a major imbalance likely exists, but for us, this simply translates to near to medium term view that one, the scaled national home builders. Okay. So think Pulte and DR Horton, they're more likely to run up against land, labor, and even materials capacity uh, issues before they exhaust this pent up demand. Okay. So they're going to run into issues with labor, with finding land, uh, finding an, enough material before they can uh, solve the problem of pent up demand. Okay. They're more likely to in Deutsche Bank's assessment. Number two, smaller players with the opportunity to expand geographically. They're also more likely to find success than not in their growth endeavors. Okay without the need to pinpoint the addressable shortage across a range that is 5 million homes nationwide uh, with, so basically 5,000 homes would double the, double the size of one of these smaller players, the size of their operation. So a uh, huge opportunity for smaller players. Basically the national home builders uh, are going to run into issues finding land, finding labor, finding material before they can solve the problem. So it's not like, according to Deutsche Bank, it's not like DR Horton and Pulte or smaller players in the building space can go out there and overbuild right now and be like, oh, we just built too much, you know, too much inventory and there's not enough demand. They're saying they're going to run into much bigger, you know, much other problems rather before they ever build too many homes. Okay. We've got a couple of charts on uh, what Deutsche Bank is reporting here, or at least one of them right here for you. Uh, cumul cumulative completions, there we go. Cumulative completions versus household formations. You can look at 1970 and the housing booms of um, 80 and 90s, where you had 
cumulative household formations formed and cumulative completions. Those two lines are like right on top of each other. Okay. For the first time in all of these uh, last five cycles, you've got cumulative households formed above cumulative completions. Okay. So we have households forming at a much stronger, faster pace than cumulative completions. And then the over underbuilt household formations well below uh, where it needs to be right now to meet demand. Demand, of course, this is according to Deutsche Bank. Um, a little bit more on this, of course, obviously, if Deutsche Bank and others are saying that we just don't have enough um, inventory, obviously, and, and couldn't build enough homes, then you would imagine that uh, home building stocks are going to be uh, something that Wall Street is looking at. And according to Lance Lambert, this weekend in Fortune, Wall Street is eyeing home builder stocks as investors prepare for the housing market's next move. Okay. So builders, uh, while builders in a fast correcting markets like Reno and Austin had to go much further on mortgage rate buy downs and that type of thing, um, they've slashed community home prices in some instances. Those incentives and price markdowns are working. Okay. So new home sales are on the rise again. Talked about that. And builder cancellation rates have normalized this spring from where they were in quarter four. Rate buy downs uh, turned reluctant borrowers into enthusiastic borrowers. Okay. They're just comparing Apple. Okay. I can get that resale, that rate, or I can go get brand new with this rate. It makes it very lucrative for a buyer in this spring market. The post pandemic home building environment is not the post-apocalyptic wasteland that many were predicting last fall, Deutsche Bank also reports in this uh, report last week. There's growing optimism on Wall Street that incentives like the buy-downs uh, will give home builders a housing market edge, not just this year, 2023, but also as long as mortgage rates stay elevated. So if we see a six-plus mortgage rate, Builders are going to be in the driver's seat again in the spring of 2024. Okay, not to mention builders are facing limited competition as existing home supply remains tight and the so-called lock-in effect that is happening right now where sellers or would-be sellers are sitting on their 2 to 3% mortgage. Okay, so uh, firms like Deutsche Bank and others think the housing market's next move is one where new construction is busy while the existing resale market remains constrained. So if I'm thinking about my 2024 business plan, my end of 2023, it might focus around how do I add a value for, to a, a home builder and try to pry them away from that historical in-house you know, sales team. Maybe, maybe there's an opportunity uh, to get in with one of these home builders in your market and at least carve out a piece of the pie for yourself. The builder enthusiasm has translated into a rush among investors to buy home builder stocks, or maybe just invest in the stock if you think these are going to continue to go up. This is not financial advice, of course. 55.9% uh, year-to-date jump in the share price of Pulte Group. That's followed by Toll Brothers up 46.9%, DR Hortons up 25.7%, and Lennar is up 24.2%. That's all year-to-date. Those are significant gains in a stock market where there's many tickers that, that don't have these type of gains. In fact, all four of these stocks uh, that I just read off are above the S&P 500 for the year. Okay, take a look at this. 
all four of the uh, of these stocks, including NR NVR, are above the S and P 500 um, right now. So this is uh, actually since I'm sorry, this is since January 1st, 2020, all outperforming the S and P 500. Incredible. Okay, so during the pandemic housing boom. A uh, period of seemingly unlimited housing demand, builders like KB, Pulte, and NVR achieved huge profit margins as they swiftly jacked up their prices. Okay, so uh, Deutsche Bank researchers also said that we have turned from being cautiously optimistic to decisively bullish on new residential construction. Okay, so uh, they've got all of these stocks uh, at a target well above where they're trading. Their target for Deutsche Bank is. $150 um, target price. They're trading at $114 a share. Uh, MTH, 200 target price. They're trading at $130 a share. Pulte is a $95 target price. They're trading currently at $72. Bucks. Uh, TriPoint Homes, which would be one of those smaller players that we mentioned, they have a $42 target price. They're currently trading at $32. And Toll Brothers, a $94 target price from Deutsche Bank. They're currently trading at $74. So Deutsche Bank is all in on home builders. Question is, are you all in? Do you see that for your market? Uh, love to know what, what you're seeing in your market. Do you think home uh, new construction home building is the next opportunity to solve the problem? I haven't been as bullish on home building just for the fact that I don't know that you can keep building above median price homes and that there's enough absorption in those pricing categories. I'm talking about the average price of new construction being at $550,000. If that's what we keep building across the country, I think eventually you may meet the demand before you run into those land and capacity problems that Deutsche Bank is looking at. I just don't think a, an average $550,000 new home product uh, into the future is sustainable. We've got to mix in affordable product. And um, and I think that's, that's going to, we're a long ways away from solving that problem. I don't have any indication that we're solving the affordable housing problem. We have solved the affordable education problem in real estate. Of course, that's with BAMX. If you haven't checked that out below, you can do so with a 15% discount off the annual subscription. Check out BAMX below. In fact, this week, we're going to be doing a live Sphere cold call uh, on YouTube, but all of the debrief and Q&A is going to be over on the BAMX community. I did a mastermind last week with the BAMXers in the private Facebook group. That's still up today. If you want to check that out amongst our BAM courses and all of other content that's going on BAMX, it is by far the best deal in the industry. Get on BAMX today. Use the discount code HOTSHEET for 15% off the annual. That link is down below. Let's see if the 10-year is below or above where we want it to be this morning. It was looking like the 10-year was up, and it is still up we're at 3.771 so as we get closer to um this week when jerome powell and the fomc the committee meet uh we're starting to see you know a 10-year that's kind of sticking above this 3.7 range uh 3.738 has kind of been the top that we've seen all year 3.8 uh would, would be the top approximately four we've, we've touched over four but really we haven't gone for an extended period of time, uh, over 3.8. And of course, we haven't dropped below 3.2. So there's your update on the 10-year. would expect that the 30-year could increase a little bit off of that news. Um, 
when we ended the week at 6.92 Friday, June the 9th. We, we sat between 6.89 and 6.94 all week, so pretty tight right around 6.9. Could see a little bit of a pop there on the third year uh, today just based off of where the 10-year is sitting. All right, later today, we'll have an over podcast on the channel. Make sure to subscribe because, again, we'll be going live on uh, what day is that? Wednesday? I think Wednesday. We have a marketing Monday over on the Marketing Monday channel or over the Continuing Ed channel. We'll link that down below if you're unfamiliar with the Continuing Ed channel. Tom Story is doing uh, Marketing Monday this week. And uh, also Wednesday, again, we're doing that live cold call. That'll be on the channel at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Then we'll switch over to BAMX for the debrief, the after party, and the Q&A. Make sure you're up on BAMX. Appreciate you guys jumping in on this Monday. Hope everybody has a great week. And until tomorrow morning, toodaloo.